You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Sunday, November 28th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And he has returned from the happiest place on earth. And I am so glad that he's back. Good gracious. We have got a lot to break down. I think uh, I need to toss the chat in here. There we go. Uh, we'll go on and read through the chat real quick. Ghost Dog jumps in. Haven't seen this Michigan team in a long time. Congrats, fellas. Ball Python Love said, so happy Ohio State lost. Uh, Ball Python Love was, of course, uh, jumping back in and said, uh, until they play Uga and then it's over talking about Michigan. Um it, we, we don't have to talk about that right now. We don't have to talk about Michigan beating up on Georgia or Georgia beating up on Michigan or whatever. Uh, Larry jumps in. Larry Pilgrim, I know there's three tickets Gary's cashing after Friday minimum. Yes, Larry is talking about the fact that I had Utah over eight and a half. I had Colorado under four and a half, and I had Utah to win the division. All three cashed thanks to Friday, uh, so I got no worries there. That felt pretty good. I got all three actual physical tickets from before the season that I now get to go down to Tunica and cash. So I got to knock those things out. I've got a, a Memphis under that I have to cash. And now I've got to wait and see uh, because I I did have Oregon plus 275 to win the Pac-12. So we'll see what happens with that. But <laughs> I don't necessarily trust it anymore. Uh, Chris, whew, week 13 reaction and recap. A lot to discuss. The two words that you and I have used over and over and over again in these recaps is volatility and consistency. There is very little consistency and there is a whole lot of volatility. This year, we do not have Clemson in the AAC, or ACC title game. We do not have Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. And we do not have Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. Those were three of the most predicted playoff teams this season because they make it all the time. Well, not just they make it all the time. Their conference is incredibly weak. Right. And their recruiting classes and their strength of their teams historically have just been so far above the rest of the competition. And the Big Ten, not incredibly weak. The other two, absolutely incredibly weak. They The, the chasm between Clemson and everybody else and Oklahoma and everybody else from recruiting facilities, coaching, Every measurable thing you you make of a team is so far ahead. For them to not compete in their 
uh, conference championship it is a shame. I mean, coaches should be fired. Uh, yeah, and I think you will see some of that, right? You will see some coaching oh, changes, but also not not any three three schools or not. I, I think they will be. I think Clemson, you're going to see some some staff turnover just a little bit. You think, it won't you be think, anything you crazy. Think OC, you, think, you think OC, who was the hot name two no, years no. ago I, I for think, getting the head coaching jobs? I think the offensive line coach will probably head out. I, it's, I think his, cause it's his okay. So, so it's his fault they're not recruiting offensive line. All right, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's, he probably deserves it. By the way, but, he probably like I said, I think everybody should be fired. <laughs> you probably you're probably not wrong. Probably Big not Dabo, wrong. But this season, to the Atlantic. Move this, on. This season is uh, an incredibly different kind of year, right? It's we knew going in that a lot of schools were going to have some super seniors and whatnot, and these bigger schools were going to lose a lot of guys to the NFL, sure. regardless. And bringing in new guys to face off against sixth-year seniors, it's it's kind of tough to to do that, right? You're going to lose some games here and there, and so that's what's happened. Here's here's what I think we have found. All right, we thought forever that the um, the the big money in college football would help close the gap, right? Yeah. Between the big boys and everybody else, but it didn't because the big boys just make so much more money. The machine that makes the money that turns out the money is um, encouraged to continue to prop up the big boys because that's how they get paid. So they want them to stay good. So that just widened the gap. There are so many different things that we thought were going to shorten the gap. You know what actually shortened the gap? The transfer portal oh, yes. finally is what shortened the gap. You cannot, you can no longer hoard four and five top 10 quarterbacks in the country. Great quarterbacks are sitting behind other t- players. As soon as they realize they're not good, the starter and they're not going to win the starting job, they're moving on to other schools that didn't used to happen. And now it, it is it is making these other schools able to come up because quarterback is the number one most important position in college football. In, in football, in the game of football at yeah. all. Oh, yeah, because everything has, has shifted to that, right? And it's why they yes. try their best to protect these quarterbacks at all costs. Uh, all the calls that it, when you hit a quarterback the wrong way, you are going to get flagged regardless. We saw it in multiple games yesterday. Uh, jumping but back that's, in. But hang on. These have been the rules for five years, though. This is not like right, this rule right, became it, last year. This has been the rule for the last five years. And if you're still not teaching kids to roll off the quarterback when you hit them and take them to the ground, you're going to get flagged. There yes. are 100 Most all of these calls are absolutely real calls. Yes. Okay. They are to the letter of the rule exactly the way they want them called. And if you're not doing it right, you're either being coached wrong or or you're ignoring the rules, which means you're getting the flag, and that's shame on you. Yes, yes. Ball pot, jumping back into the comments right quick because we got a bunch. Uh, ball pot, I love. Good to have you back, Chris. Larry said, "Welcome back." Gary Lewis, of course, threw up the peace sign. Um, Ryan McCracken jumps in and says, "Gary, who's the new guy?" <laughs> it's been so long since you've been on the show. Uh, it, one week in in this news cycle is so crazy. It's like everything changes in just a week. Um, the Flying Hawaiians at Notre Dame, baby. Yeah, they look pretty good again. Uh, Bob Python Love, happy Oklahoma lost also. Uh, Gary Lewis jumped in, said one out of two ain't bad. Oregon won't win the Pac-12. Um, he said destroyed by a historic rash of injuries. Yes, Oregon has had a ton of injuries this year. Uh, Larry said, I believe Oregon and Bama are the only two out of the ten teams uh, to be in the conference championship games. Um, yeah, Gary said, I love Chris's abrasive style. Well, yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's his thing. 
Uh, Ryan McCracken, the D.C. at Ohio State, needs to pack his stuff. How do you not adjust? The quarterback didn't throw more than 10 yards down the field. But that's they already kind of shifted from the defensive coordinator, right? Kerry Coombs was already – his, his play-calling duties were ripped away after the Oregon game. So, yeah, there are going to be changes at Ohio State. Uh, but We this, knew that going into the season, right? This when was we not broke, a play-calling thing, though, with Ohio no, State. Like, wait, when we're we going to talk about this, it in a little bit. When we broke this team down before the season started, we talked about how their deep, this might be the best offense we've ever seen at Ohio State. Yep. It's not. And we talked about their flaw is going to be, can they stop anyone? And the answer is no. No, they can't. If you have a good offense, not a great offense, just a good one, they can't stop you. You are correct. Gary Lewis, uh, Ohio State needs to hit the transfer portal hard. Tyrone Davis jumped in, said, let's go Notre Dame. Uh, Larry agreed with you. It said, uh, Cam and Tavion Thomas and Pledger have been huge for Utah on offense. All transfers. All transfers. Uh, let's see. Oh, depressing. Gary Lewis said, Arizona State AD Anderson is retaining head coach Herm Edwards for 2022. Uh, I mean, why would you not? Like, yeah. have you seen I, the market? Do you think there's a coach that's out there that's better than Herm Edwards? I don't think so. Well, and here's the thing. I think they'll figure out what all the volatility that happened in the offseason and some friction during the season. Once you've put your stamp of you're going to be our coach, he's going to make changes on that administration in his coaching staff to make sure the guys that are there are his. Yes. It, yes. There's going to be no coup involved now that he is being retained. You are 100% correct about that. Um, let's see. Oh, Gary Lewis jumps in. Uh, wish I knew about your content early this season. Hey, hey come on back. This is the, what, fifth, sixth, uh, yeah, sixth season? I, I, I've lost count. I think yeah. this is our sixth season, but sixth I'm not. Season. So, yes, yes, come on back. We'll be here. And, we, oh, by the way, during the off season, we're still talking. <laughs> we're still doing shows all off season. All in season. I know Josh paid over two four seven does not like the off season word, uh, but there there is an off season when the games are not being played. We consider that the off season. That's just the way it goes. A uh, couple of topics. Oh, uh, the conference championship games. Uh, Oregon Utah on Friday. Interesting. Like uh, we'll see if Oregon can put up any kind of a fight going forward. Baylor Oklahoma State on Saturday. Kent State Northern Illinois. That should be fun. Utah State and San Diego State. I feel like nobody has talked about the fact that Utah State is in the the Mountain West title game. <laughs> <laughs> like Utah State, who was O and, and whatever last year. Like Gary Anderson ran that program into the ground, and Blake Anderson comes in in one year and takes them to the title game. Uh, I don't know how successful they'll be against the San Diego State defense, but either way, App State and Louisiana should be a lot of fun. Georgia, Alabama, uh, looks like it's going to be a whipping. Houston, Cincy, I think could be very entertaining. Pitt, Wake Forest, and then Iowa, Michigan. You, These are fun matchups. I am so excited about conference championships Saturday. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it is the first time ever, the first season ever, that Florida State, Texas, Nebraska, and USC all had losing seasons. Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Um, other other things to hit on. David Cutcliffe looks like he's probably going to retire at some point this week. He didn't want to do it right yep. after the ball game, But a uh, hell of a run at Duke. I, That's right. What he did with that program was somewhat unprecedented. I understand that Steve Spurrier was there before, but Steve Spurrier did not stick around. He won a conference title and then bolted for Florida. And I, obviously, who would blame him? But what David Cutcliffe did with a program that was in the dirt and brought him to, to making an ACC title game and made several bowl games, uh, that was a really competent program. It's fallen off here lately, 
that does not diminish what he has actually done over his tenure there. He's uh he's a hell of a coach, and now he gets to to retire and enjoy life for a little bit and not have to worry about trying to bring a like hold up a middling program uh, by the uh, by the shirt collar. Lincoln Riley said last night that he is not taking LSU. Your thoughts? Oh God, I hope he's telling the truth. I hope he's telling the truth. So let me let me. I, there are two things that I want. I want to address this. Okay. Okay. The LSU fan, this is my this is my school. This matters to me. Football related. Okay. Because the other thing I've hit on before, I'll glance over now. But football related, we have made one unanimous joke from the entire offseason as soon as we were announced that Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the SEC. Good luck. Enjoy going 6 and 6 every year. The team that he has built every year has only been people want to give you his record, okay? Well, look how good his record is. Look how many conference championships he has. No one cares because you're playing nobodies. Your schedule and 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 I mean that with a little disrespect to the Big 12. They're not close to a power 5 school. In the last five years, they haven't been one of the five best conferences a single year out of those five years, okay? There's been someone smaller than them, usually the ACC, AAC, sorry, has been a better conference overall from top to bottom than they are. So congratulations, your record looks really good, but we all universally agree that you're going to go six and six, seven and eight, eight, you know, maybe not seven and eight. Eight yeah, and seven, seven, something seven like five, that. You know, seven five, four, yeah, I'm getting like NFL numbers in. But yeah. like, <laughs> you're gonna, you're going to be middling in the SEC. We want that guy as our head coach. We just think that magically moving from Oklahoma to to Louisiana, he's going to be a better coach. Now he would greatly improve our offense, but has he ever had a defense that was any good? We just think, oh, because the talent LSU has, their defense will be great. Well, we've seen over the last two years, no, 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 that, that somebody has to coach that defense into being a good defense because when they're not coaching them to be a good defense, they're bad. So from a football perspective, I don't understand this. Now, from a not, I don't understand why you would throw him the godfather offer. I don't know why you would throw him the godfather deal. From a non-football perspective, I I have a great problem. I would have a tough time swallowing this pill because for him, as a man, as a person, he has put out to the ethos, put out into the world. He's built his entire tenure at Oklahoma. He's built every team he has off of the transfer portal. Not, not one great star has he ever recruited and developed from top to bottom there. They've all been transfers. He's built his entire roster every year he's been there from the transfer portal. But as soon as a kid wants to transfer to him, he tries to block them. That This is not a problem with the rule. This is not a problem with the – this is a – a man who has power over people beneath him that have very little power. I, I don't trust that. That is a red flag of a personality trait that I will never be able to overlook or forgive. I I just think that speaks more to who you are as a person. When you have a great deal of power over somebody, how you wield that power says more about you as an individual than any outward thing you do. You could give millions away in charity. You could do so much good in the world, but when you have power over somebody who has no power and you disrespectfully wield that 
in a way that is dangerous and, and not good. And you have to be shamed by an entire community that covers your sport. I think that is a disgusting thing. I would, I could swallow all the pills of getting an urban Meyer or a, or a bad dudes that I just think are bad dudes that I think are kind of pieces of crap, but also don't try I, and act like they're not pieces of crap, right? That's right. They're just that's true right. to who they I, are. I, I can't handle the fake. And I, and, and what you do to those who have no power over you, that says more to who you are as a person. I'm really going to be upset if we get him. And I don't care if he brings rings and championships. You know that, Gary. Oh, yeah. I have been a guy that I, I don't think it's our birthright to win 10 games every year. I want to. I don't think it's our birthright to win championships every you know five, six years. I want to. I want to win all of the time. I don't think it's my destiny or my 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 religion or or it should be what I get. Okay. Yeah. I want a coach that wants to be there and wants to love the program and wants to build the thing. But I also want somebody who I think, listen, less ended up being a piece of crap. It seems like, but I didn't, I didn't know that. And I saw no signs of that. And as soon as I kind of realized that I, I changed my perspective. Yeah. This is yeah, somebody I, I do believe I, this is not a moral thing. It's not a, 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 he hasn't broken any laws or, or hurt anybody, but this is a deeper seated thing that when you block a kid, but you build your entire, at least Dabo, who I don't have a lot of respect for says, I don't like the transfer rule. I don't want our kids transferring, but he also doesn't take a lot of transfers either. True. So I give him credit for yeah, that. It's a, it's anyway, a principal thing. I hope to God, Lincoln Riley's not our dude. There's like four or five other guys I would be happy with. I'd love to have. I think there's a world. I definitely think by the sec title game, we have one that there's a chance that by today we, we get a, we get a report. I would I would think so as well. I think you're going to hear a lot of things. Obviously, we do the show early, so we'll have some things that pop up uh, either during the show or where you know at, at some point afterwards. We've had that happen quite a bit. Dan Mullen, of course, was fired last week after uh, Parker and I had had knocked out the show. A uh, little little strange. Uh, ben Herndon jumps in a little off topic, but Georgia Southern is all aboard the Clay Hilton train. Talk about. <laughs> Winning this year's coaching carousel, uh, I, I don't think that's a bad hire at all. Like I think, I think Georgia Southern did pretty well. Um, we have got a lot of conversation about Notre Dame being in the top four, and had a lot of guys going back and forth about that. Uh, don't know why LSU didn't open the vault for Napier, said Gary Lewis. Um, well, because not, not done yet, not done yet. Napier's yeah. in the conversation. Yeah, because you didn't. He's have not. To the, open the I vault. will tell you, Napier is not the guy Woodward wants because Woodward likes the idea of a big splash. He wants to show. He wants a flex, you know. Yeah. And Napier, while Napier is a great coach, Napier is not a flex. And that's my biggest flaw with Woodward is is he would rather he would rather have the cool car than the better car. And and you know he cares about the brand. I, I don't really care about brands, but. Yeah. Uh, Gary Lewis said, did y'all hear about Napier winning a one-punch scrap with Dabo? Sounds like it happened. So uh, so I, I have heard stories about that from way back when, and yes, it more than likely happened. But <laughs> Well, that I will tell you this. That endears him to my heart more than any, and now I kind of want him as my coach more than anyone else. He Look, He's a tough. You beat up Dabo man. physically. I don't care about that. Look, uh, Coach O is a tough son of a bitch. All right, listen, yeah. all right, I got it. You beat up Dabo physically. You're my guy. Okay, me and you have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next topic that I wanted to hit before we get into actual games: Dylan Gabriel transferring from UCF. Uh, I don't find that super surprising. We talked about the fact that he did not really fit 
what Gus Malzahn likes to do on offense. Now that uh, Mikey Keene, I believe is the kid's name, now that he's been through a whole season, they have improved drastically from when that freshman first started. Uh, I don't see any reason for Gabriel to come back to UCF to be used in a scheme that doesn't really fit his talents. I think he's going to be a great pickup wherever he ends up going. Yeah, No, I completely agree. No, I completely agree. He's obviously, he was one of my Heisman uh, tickets this year before he got hurt uh, that I had. Um, and, and and you're right. Why would he stay at a, uh, okay, he would stay there because he loves the school, but Gus didn't recruit him. No. He's not Gus's guy and 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 Gus isn't his guy. He didn't choose Gus. Um, if, if I thought there was a world where I didn't just absolutely love Hendon Hooker, I think he'd be on the first thing smoking in Tennessee. Um, I, I think he's better than Hooker. As I think, I I think Hooker's staying at Tennessee. He's. I think Hooker's got one more season. There's been a lot of talk about that up in Knoxville. Yeah. And he could have gone through senior day uh, activities, and he didn't, which he didn't. leads a lot of people to believe that he's going to be back next year. I um, think he's going to be back, and I love him. And yeah. I love him. And he, I mean, he's been really good. He's great in that offense. So he, he was not great in Justin Fuente's offense, uh, which I don't have this down to talk about, uh, but Virginia Tech beating Virginia with – Without a coach, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bronco, what are we doing here, man? No, I'm going to tell you this. So, <laughs> if if we did a, like, moratorium over season, you know how I like to do with the draft? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to grade the draft this year. I want to grade the draft from three years ago this year and then five years ago this year to see who actually won the draft. If we look at um, coaching hires that we thought were great, Man, Bronco, Bronco's a – he's gotten them to heights that Virginia hasn't seen in decades. Yeah, in a long time. But he's also but he's also been just as bad as every other coach that's ever been there. It's a, the, the shift of the program from defense first and run the ball to passing to offense, offense and a defense yeah. that can't stop anybody is yeah. really interesting. Like, they're that's a right. fun team to watch because of Brennan Armstrong and whatnot, but, man, that is – that's weird. It, it's just Agreed. strange what's happened there. Agreed. Uh, Aiden jumps in. Notre Dame got slapped around in their own house by Cincy. Uh, Tyrone said uh, none of these conferences are playing very well. Uh, get to know football. Man, you guys are fighting in the chat about Notre Dame. This is ridiculous. Look, Notre Dame's good, but they are they are pigeonholed out right now because of Cincinnati. You can't put Notre Dame in over Cincinnati because of the head-to-head. They They can try. But there's well, no, no there's way a path to for Notre Dame to get in. There's absolutely a path yes, for Notre Dame. Yes, absolutely. If but Iowa it, if Iowa beats Michigan, that they're, they're absolutely going to probably slide in I, to that I ten, would think so. Big Ten spot. I would think so. And, and, if, and if Georgia does what I think Georgia's going to do, which is handle Bama pretty easily, yep. that spot's going to be open. Yes. Yes. So I, that's I, spot. But I also, absolutely think there's a world where Cincinnati and Oklahoma Notre Dame State. both get in this thing. Cincy, Oklahoma and, State, and and Notre Dame. Yeah, I think I think that could be the top three with Georgia. I really do. I think it's, this is going to be a one of the weirdest uh, playoffs we've ever seen. Yes, yes, indeed. Let's uh, let's go and hit on games. Let's go ahead let's and go. start this thing. All right, Alabama Auburn. Alabama wins twenty four to twenty two in four overtimes. The post game win expectancy was actually Alabama ninety three percent, which some people might find surprising. But as bad as Alabama was on offense in the first half. Auburn was even worse in the second half. You look at total yardage on the ball, like the whole ball game. Alabama, 381 yards. Auburn, 159 total yards. Uh, 137 passing for Auburn, 22 rushing for Auburn. Uh, Yards per play, Auburn, 2.4. Alabama, 4.3. 
Alabama just started rolling late. Just absolutely rolled them late. Uh, Sack-adjusted rushing yards, Alabama 101, Auburn 68. Um, this uh, This was an incredibly gross game that I did not enjoy watching. I hate this Alabama football team, and yet uh, it's it's been one of the more enjoyable seasons as far as being, like being able to watch games, right? Because I enjoy the blowouts because I watch every play for what it is, right? But when you get a season like this for casual fans and, and whatnot that, that just want to see exciting football, that's what this is. Alabama's not a very good football team, and Auburn proved that. Uh, Derek Mason... What he did in that first half against Bryce Young and against that offensive line was genius. And it, it, maybe it wasn't even genius. It's just he used his common sense. Like, okay, he's not very good when you pressure him. Like, it, or at least when you bring pressure from both sides, right? When you don't give him an escape route, he's got nowhere to go. He can't get rid of the football because that offensive line can't block me and you, Chris. That, that Alabama offensive line is terrible. And on the other side, Auburn, without their quarterback, without their kicker, um, had a bunch of injuries just all season long. Things have not gone well, and they put up an incredible performance in this ballgame. It was a lot of fun to watch. I want to get your thoughts on what you were able to see once you got back in town, um, because the first half was rough. I mean, it was rough, man. Well, the, the best hire in the SEC this offseason was, was not a head coach. It was Derek Mason's DC hire at Auburn. That that's the single best hire in the SEC this year. Yes, yes. And um, I, I, I what he did was great. Uh, Auburn's offense is obviously inept, completely inept. Um, I, I use the word cathedral to talk about the people that run this sport and basically run the SEC because they run the sport. It all goes through them, um, and and they do what they do which is they find ways to justify propping up Alabama. Bama, I know you hate hearing this. Bama gets every call. And I know you thought the pass in, the, 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 the roughing the passer call was bullshit. It wasn't. It was absolutely the letter of the rule. You cannot drive the player into the ground. That's he made NFL no rule. attempt. That's it. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, they, they, but Gary, but. They caught, they've caught it in college football for five years. So you can say it's an NFL rule. They're calling it the same, and they didn't just start this year. They okay. didn't start last year. This kid has never, the kid that made that hit, has never played a college football snap in his life where that rule wasn't called. You cannot drive the player. He did. He made no attempt whatsoever to pull up off him at all. So I don't like it, just like you don't like it, but it's still a rule that has been called that way his entire college career. So he's either being talked taught it or he just doesn't give a shit which yeah, he just which, made a bad bad yeah. decision so yeah so the the face mask which would absolutely have made a, a dicey kicker have to have a a bigger kick and a bigger kick to, to take this thing um you know in overtime would have would have would have would have been a big deal i think auburn lost this thing when they scored the touchdown in overtime i said this the second it happened you have to go for two you have to go for two. So, I know the rule is, is when you're at home, the other team has no, 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 no. When you're overmatched and you're outmatched, you have to go for two. You have to win it or lose it on that one play. When we got into two point conversion time, they got their first, their two point play 
worked. Their two-point yeah. play was beautifully designed and beautifully executed. You go for two and you win the game right there, or you just lose it because you don't have the offensive ability to stop Alabama or to to go tit for tat with Alabama from the two-yard line. Yes, okay. and you so know, and you know that. that. Yeah, no, I absolutely do know that. I think if it was from the twenty every time, the way the rule was the last couple of years, we're having a different conversation. Right. But right. as soon as you know the new rules now, you cannot match them two point play for two point play. You, That's you're not, not how you're not wrong built. about that. Uh, the penalty numbers, by the way, eleven penalties for Alabama for one hundred twenty nine yards, seven. But for those Auburn are all pre snap penalties that were legitimate penalties. You cannot say, you cannot use that and say, well, it was an even called game. You just can't. No, no, this just I, I'm not saying it was even called. I'm saying that Auburn got a ton of calls, and they do in Jordan Hare all the time. Absolutely all the time. All of the those Arbol. calls, Gary, all those calls were pre-snap calls. So many of those were pre-snap calls. You that is not them getting calls. You can't have 129 yards in penalties on pre-snap calls. Like this. <laughs> Did you not see it? Did you not see the, the, the numbers? They talked about it on the game multiple times about how Alabama has not handled the noise very well at all. Look at all these yes, pre-snap no, no. There penalties. Were, there were a ton of those. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But the big calls absolutely went. So also non-calls. There were a ton of non-calls. Either way, regardless of all of that, the going for two situation, uh, none of this would have would have necessarily mattered had Tank Bigsby not gone out of bounds on that that's drive right, right before that is Alabama, correct. Right? That, is so correct. That's, um, that is correct. So I did write Auburn, down Auburn. Auburn lost this game just as much as Bama oh, yeah. came back to win it. Like they, I'll tell you this: today, tomorrow, and the rest of this week, the rest of this season, if if one talking head pundit speaks C.J. Stroud's or Bryce Young's name for Heisman, they should be pushed into the nearest body of water they can find. All right. If one person votes for one of those kids over the other guys that have performed so much better than them, those two kids have everything given to them talent wise. So, and they did not come close to performing to what expectations were this year. If you get that, you lose your vote forever. I'm just done. I'm just done. The, the they Bryce Young thing, that at all. Bryce Young will get votes, uh, partly because of. Uh, minute 35 all the, left. All the Alabama, go, all the Alabama no guys that are former Heisman guys, they're all going to vote for him because that's what we do with this award. That's why the award doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm anymore. talking about media members will vote for him because oh, he oh, went well, on no. a 97-yard drive with no timeouts left and threw a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone to a freshman wide receiver. Like he, with the greatest offensive machine in college football, right? That, well, I wouldn't say that this year. Okay, I certainly would okay. not say that this year. All right, you, but, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have three of those receivers probably go in the NFL in the first round. Well, what I mean, Jamison Williams was was out due to targeting early. Which again, you want to talk about peak Iron Bowl weirdness, having the the top wide receiver on both sides of the field uh, go out of the game disqualified for a targeting hit on a punt return. Which I mean, it was absolutely targeting, but it's like, man, what are we doing? Uh, the whole thing was just strange, strange. Auburn seven sacks in the game, and uh, all of them came early. Right, just dominated. They dictated the first three quarters of this ball game. Uh, this was, this was interesting. 
I mean, just really the reason I loved Michigan. The reason I loved Auburn in these games, plus the points. I didn't, I didn't yeah. think they would win. I'm going to go out and say that. I didn't think they would. Win. I thought, I thought they could win. I didn't think they would win. The reason I love them plus the points is both of these defenses pressure quarterbacks and both these quarterbacks have shown if you pressure them, they're not good. They are great when they have a clean pocket, which is why when they play terrible football teams, they beat the hell out of those teams. If you can't pressure those quarterbacks, they're hanging 60 on you. All right. Yes. But if you pressure them, they don't like it. They're really bad at adjusting to it. They're not accurate. They're not good. And they make terrible decisions over and over and over again. And I thought Michigan and Auburn could both pressure these young quarterbacks, and they did, which is why there's no way on earth you can put them over a Desmond Ritter. There's no way on earth you can put them over a Matt Corral, and I wouldn't put them over Kenny Pickett. And I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that at all. Absolutely. Um, Looking at... Overall numbers here, Tank Bigsby, 29 attempts, 63 yards rushing. Uh, Brian Robinson went out late, so Alabama did not have him for the last, uh, we'll say quarter, almost a a full fourth quarter, and then, of course, overtime. uh, Pulled a hamstring. Who knows what that's going to mean for next week because Alabama's already down multiple running backs for the season. So Trey Sanders was the guy, and they were having to work out Slade Bolden, the wide receiver, as a running back this week in practice. Uh, but Brian Robinson Jr., uh, 15 attempts, 64 yards rushing. Trey Sanders, 10 attempts for 23 yards. And then, of course, Bryce Young, 11 attempts for negative 23 yards. Some of those, of course, sacks. Uh, seven of them, as a matter of fact, were sacks. Uh, the fact that it was only 23 or negative 23 rushing was kind of miraculous. He did have a couple of really long runs that he was able to scamper out of and uh, and make something happen. But uh, the going for two thing, I... I wonder about this because if T.J. Finley did not have a bum ankle and if they had shown any sign of promise on this, like I think they're, I think Harson's whole idea was we've seen Alabama make a bunch of mistakes early. We think that they'll make another mistake and all we got to do you're, is stay your in this own, and wait. Your only right? hope, your only hope, because they had a backup kicker in this yeah. game that yeah. they couldn't have trusted. So your only hope was is we're going to go into overtime and we think – We'll get a turnover, like because that's well, not, not that's necessarily it. a turnover. Just like I, maybe they won't convert, right? It's 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 a crappy, yeah. crappy way to think, it, right? I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was the wrong call because you have to look at your team, not just the team you're playing. You have to look at your team and you have to plan out. This is why you can't see six inches in front of your face and you have to see the entire forest. Yeah, you have to look out there in the ethos and you have to see if. All right, so we scored. We saw them score, and we saw them kick the extra point. So now you just scored, and you've got to make this decision. you got to make it quick, okay? But you have to start thinking about, do I go for two or not? All right, so if I tie them, then I have to go first next time. And then, and then in that going first, if I don't score, they kick a field goal, they win this thing. If I just get a field goal, they get a touchdown, they win this thing. You know, if we score and we can't get the two-point conversion there, we, we're probably going to lose. Like, th- there are too many scenarios for things to go wrong. You need way too many things to go right for you just kicking the extra point and prolonging the game. You're already beat up. You're already banged up. You, you know it's go- the best-case scenario for you is to get to the two-point conversion round. Yeah. That's not if – if that's your best-case scenario, then take the two then and try to win it right there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I, I, I was trying to explain what I thought they were 
they were doing, and and your point is exactly right. You have to take the chance. You had a genius two point conversion play call with the in the pocket. Yeah, with the pass back over to the fullback or halfback or whatever you want yeah. to call him, the tight end slash. Why Why are guy. you saving that for the two point conversion round? Like why when not the two point that- conversion wins it right there? Yeah. That's I, I did not understand why it didn't go for two at that point. Um, I, I could somewhat understand why Alabama would not go for two when they scored that touchdown with 20-something seconds left because going to overtime, you feel like, all right, we've got the better team. We're rolling right now. We've got momentum, et cetera, et cetera, right? But with Auburn, it's like, okay, you are losing grip on this, and you have one play to be able to win this ball game. Why not just take it? Because the longer this goes, the better chance Alabama has to win. Why not just take the one shot? It's the only it's, answer. Yeah, it's what it's I would have done. It's the only answer. Yeah, it's absolutely it's what answer. I would have done. So, uh, so yes, the we'll move off of this one. We've still got plenty more to discuss. But uh, the Jordan Hare magic is still alive and well. It was not just a Gus Malzahn thing. The one-handed grabs and, and all that that Auburn wide receivers were able to do. That And, and of course, the kicker that comes in that his longest in his career was 37 yards thus far he had he had missed one the game before that he just completely shanked like comes in and hits a 49 yarder in overtime that kind of stuff it's like okay we we know what's going on this is Jordan Hare during an iron bowl there's a reason why Alabama was five and ten at Auburn uh in in the previous however many years because they they haven't always played it at Auburn but uh but Alabama has never been able to have consistent success playing on the road on the plains. Uh, Brian or Ben Herndon, Bryant Denny has the atmosphere of a corporate board meeting. Uh, the fans aren't like Auburn fans. Uh, you, you are one hundred percent right. A ball game at Auburn is a different experience. It's a completely different experience, and it was alive and well. And those fans were awesome on Saturday. It was a fun, fun ball game to watch. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We'll move on because, man, another big one. Uh, if all you did was sit and watch the three biggest games of the day on the, on the prime spots, you watched some hella exciting football games, <laughs> just incredible football games. The first one of the day was on Fox, and that was Michigan 42, Ohio State 27. The Wolverines win the game for the first time in, what, nine seasons, I believe? Eight yeah, seasons, whatever a long it is. time. And only the second in, like, 16 years. So this was uh, – Unexpected, a little bit. I will say that I had actually picked Ohio State to cover, partly because I thought they were really, really angry about the things that transpired last season. This would be the first time out, and 
we hadn't really seen Michigan bully anybody. I thought Ohio State was rolling at this point. Uh, I know that you liked Michigan with the points, and it makes perfect sense, right? It makes absolute perfect sense. Uh, but Michigan, but the reason I liked them was because Michigan was only rolling against teams who do not play defense. And when I say Ohio do State, not play defense, Ohio State was only rolling. Yeah. Oh, I'd say yeah, yeah. But th- these are teams that don't have a secondary and really don't get great pass rush. Yeah, yeah. Michigan's not that team. So CJ Stroud, uh, the numbers were not bad: thirty-four out of forty-nine, three hundred ninety-four yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the grab late in the game by Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, was incredible. Garrett Wilson had yep. 10 catches, 119. Jackson Smith the Jigba had 11 catches for 127. Uh, Chris Olave, who was supposed to be the best of this group, uh, has has not put up massive numbers. He, he he did have seven catches for 88 yards, but he hadn't been the go-to. Jackson Smith and Jigba late in this season, he and C.J. Stroud have got an incredible connection. Uh, but none of that stuff mattered because Michigan absolutely whipped their ass all over that football field and it was not even close. This was a men against boys kind of ball game. And watching that Michigan offensive line, I, I had because I listened to this game on my way back into town, uh, and I was able to watch the fourth quarter once I got back. But I went back last night after Bedlam and watched to see exactly what I was. And this was, they were pushing yep. completely on on both sides of the ball. Michigan's offensive and defensive line were completely better. The Harbaugh quote. Um, talking about Ryan Day being born on third base and thinking he hit a triple yep. was hundred percent right. Peak Harbaugh, and yes, a hundred percent right. One hundred percent right. Does not have the right to be pissed off about stuff that Harbaugh was bringing up in that conference call last year. Ryan Day hadn't really earned anything yet. He was gifted. It's much the same way that Lincoln Riley was gifted. Yep. The Oklahoma these, job. These are guys that haven't built anything. They got to move into a big-ass house that was fully furnished. Yes. They put none of their personal touches on it at all. Just don't break it. Yes. The The Michigan postgame win expectancy was 99% because, of course, it was. Uh, 41 <laughs> rushes for 297 yards. That is 7.2 yards per rush with six rushing touchdowns for Michigan. Ohio State could not stop them. Those linebackers were so out of their element in this ballgame for Ohio State. Yep. They had no, no idea chance. what to do with these guys. No it chance. was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I, the, off- the offense for Michigan completely twisted their defense into a pretzel. Yes. Just everything they wanted to do was good. It literally took McNamara giving the ball away a couple of times to even give Ohio State a shot at being close. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, it was unreal. Like, I, that, watching that, I could not believe that that is what was going on. And But Urban Meyer is the one that, that truly built those offensive and defensive lines. You were scared of Ohio State in the trenches because you knew that they were going to bully you, right? And that's, it's the same thing with Alabama, with whoever else, right? These big boys, the way that they built the empires, the Death Star, if you will, is that at the line of scrimmage, they had the dudes. And now they and don't have the You look at Clemson, dudes. you look at Ohio State, you look at Alabama, they don't. They don't have the dudes, and that is the they problem. Don't. So, And now you go and look at the recruiting rankings, and absolutely, that you're going to see four and five stars up there. Yeah, sure but, you are. But it ain't. These and guys that guys. opted to see this is why this is why I hate recruiting rankings because guys that opted out of going to Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State somehow 
choose the smaller schools, and then the recruiting ranking drops. I used to be a four-star, now I'm a three-star. I used to be a five-star, now I'm a four-star because I didn't choose Alabama and I chose to go to some smaller school. Yeah. <laughs> Happens all the time. This is why you can't trust recruiting rankings. They're I, all liars. I don't, they're, all, uh, they're, all, they're all in the same pot for the same people. I don't, I don't disagree with you. This I is, don't disagree this is a, with you. When I, when I use the word cathedral, this is the shit that I'm talking about. Uh, Michigan receiving yesterday. Uh, funny stat on this one. They had 190 yards uh, passing. 14 receptions. Nine different guys on 14 receptions. Not a single one of them had more than two. This is this, cool. when I said Harbaugh put them in a pretzel, but their defense did not know which way they were getting twisted. They just they couldn't figure out the scheme. They didn't know who to cover, and they didn't have the ability to cover anybody. And McNamara, while making a couple of big mistakes, played a almost perfect game because he just found the open guy every time. Yes. Yes, like there, awesome. there, somebody brought it up in the comments. I've seen it on Twitter. People <clears throat> talking about, you know, uh, well, he's only throwing it 10 yards out. How can you not stop that? Because not everybody's running 10 yards out, and the 10-yard route is always getting open because the person covering that guy keeps keeps leaving him for somebody else <laughs> because they don't know their assignments. Exactly. Yeah, which also which does fall on the DC. So so you gotta if you just put everybody in close, that means somebody deep is going to be wide open and then you just blew a play. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yes, a hundred percent. Do you, do you get, do you get cut with a 50 cow, you know, going straight through the forehead or do you get killed by a thousand paper cuts? You know, they both suck and neither one of them are good ways to die. How, uh, how much fun was it to see this in the snow? Right. I, I I love. Had these this snow been games. a two thirty game, you saw the weather, right? Oh, Had this yes. been a two thirty game, we get, we get the, I mean, the perfect game. Big 10 ball game, which we got in Michigan State and Penn State. We'll talk about yeah, that in a little bit. That's right. But, yeah, this was uh, this was fun. I mean, my God, this was fun. Uh, as far as overall team stats, uh, total yardage was not that different. It's just that no. Ohio State had to get all theirs through the air. They got 394 through the air rushing. Ohio State only had 64 yards. With that stable of running backs, they got 64 yards rushing on 30 attempts, 2.1 per, uh, because they were getting whipped. Also... 10 penalties for 66 yards for Ohio State, only two penalties for Michigan. Michigan did have the one turnover early. That was the only turnover yep. in the ballgame. Uh, Ohio State they scored them. on that, which um, gave them the lead. I don't. Did they score on it? Uh, maybe that was when they got the three. Maybe it was zero when they did that. I thought. I thought they. I thought that got them to ten. I thought they. I thought they didn't. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Interception. Ah, they did. They got the field goal right after that. They got, okay, that's field. when they got the yeah. first score. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So it. Uh, the fumble. Uh, well, sorry. The uh, the interception. Of course, Ohio State did. Uh, uh, they fumbled right afterwards. And Michigan. Okay. So I forgot about this. AJ Henning fumbled. Uh, a punt for Michigan, and then it was recovered by Michigan. That's what it was. Okay, okay, okay. I was I was so confused. I was like, why is it saying there's a fumble? These uh these play by play stats for uh, college football all season have been so jacked up, so jacked up. So it's uh it's a little crazy. Um, <laughs> Double O'Neill jumped in by the way. Southern boy here. We don't get no snow in North Carolina where I'm from hardly ever. <laughs> hey, same here. We did have a snowstorm last year. Uh, when in well not last year, but in February I guess it was. Yeah, that was uh, it was pretty hardcore. So it, it was about a week straight where we couldn't even uh, couldn't drive because we don't have snow plows and all that. But yes, the snow game 
beautiful, wonderful. And I will tell you, I was so excited for Jim Harbaugh and seeing, uh, uh, God, who's the, the basketball coach? Uh, Jawan Howard. Yeah. Seeing him and Harbaugh celebrating this on the After field. After the game, on the oh, field. So much rushing. Fun. I thought the same thing, too. I was like, holy crap, Jawan Howard in this game, in this crowd. Get like, out right there, there on the field. Like, doing right his there, thing. Yeah, with him. I yeah. loved it. Loved it. This was so perfectly college football. Like, the passion from those fans. I could, I almost couldn't believe, because you talk about the, the big house, and you're talking about a bunch of old heads, guys that aren't going to be rushing the field and all that, and they were so excited about this win. And they, I got no problem with anybody rushing the field, especially in a situation like this, because they were so excited. There wasn't any extracurricular activity. They weren't going after Ohio State players. It wasn't hatred. It wasn't whatever. It, it was, was joy. just joy. It and was joy. pure, unadulterated joy is what I look for in college football. This was the most fun result of the day because it hasn't been done in so long. And sure. and I can't get over it. I can't get over it. And it's not – I don't dislike Ohio State. I don't dislike Michigan. I just love the pageantry. I love the tradition and everything that comes with college football. And this was – a perfect ending for what Jim Harbaugh went through last season, taking the pay cut, coming back this season, and and being able to dominate in a game that he has never been able to win. He revamped awesome. that staff last year. Yes. Last year. All young this guys. entire this entire staff is young and 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 I would use the word inexperienced for the most part. Um and man, I, they got a couple of transfers. They got a couple of recruits that played early and young but for the most part these are the same guys that that have been there for a while and and they they really did an unbelievable job at coming into the program and developing that is the biggest yeah. thing i think that's alabama's biggest problem right now is they've got guys that are more adapt to scheming as opposed to developing but either way michigan showed what happens when you develop guys over years these are all guys that have been there for like three years it, it works sometimes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So, this was a lot of fun to see. Uh, cheers to Jim Harbaugh. Cheers to that Michigan program because, again, it's been a long time. And now, first appearance in the Big Ten title game. And I can't wait for it. Can't wait and for I, it. So, they get Iowa now, right? Yes. They definitely get Iowa. Yes. I, I, I cannot imagine. I know that we've seen some weird shit happening. I just – this Iowa team looks – I mean, they're, they're with. I can't, but I can't believe I can't believe they won Saturday. I, like I, just, I believe that that Iowa will make it interesting for a little while. But, I do too. But when it comes by down the third, to it, by the end of the third quarter, this thing's going to open up. Yes, and and it's going to 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 get ugly. I agree. Moving on from there, we got to talk Bedlam. All right, so we'll we'll go faster on these other ones, but these yeah. top three, of course, we have to spend quite a bit of time on. Uh, Oklahoma State, post-game win expectancy, 82%. Oklahoma State made so many mistakes that cost them points in this game. This should have been a blowout, Chris. Like, it should have been a blowout. And yes, the points still count when the other team makes the mistakes, right? Uh, but, uh, oh, uh, uh, sorry, can't talk. Oklahoma did not score an offensive point in the second half. That Jim Knowles defense, the fundamentals, again, another example of a team that brings in guys and develops them over years, because these are all guys that have been there for like three years together, 
They understand chemistry. They understand the fundamentals of defense, right? They are so fundamentally sound in the secondary, and I think the pressure of the game led them to make a few mistakes here and there, especially early. But for the most part, the way that they defend passes, the way that they are able to get after uh, the quarterback, they are such an incredibly well-coached football team, especially on the defensive side. And, of course, the tempo that they were running with early, I was a, I was a little bit worried about this. I will, I'll tell you this. On the BetUS show, I took Oklahoma State minus 4.5. I had already bet Oklahoma State minus 3.5, but the way that that show works, we have to give out the line that is, that's there on the day of the show and we have a chance to pass on it, and and I might should have passed on it once it jumped up to four and a half from three and a half. But I bet a pretty large sum of money of my own personal money on Oklahoma State minus three and a half. And yep. my God, the four point margin was was perfect for me. But it hit right in the middle where I lost the bet US bet, but I hit the and I told everybody on the show I was like I took it at three and a half, still like it at four and a half, you know whatever. But uh, but luckily, it didn't hurt me in the pocketbook as far as that went. But um. My God, I mean, just so so many mental mistakes that caused running into the kicker or roughing the kicker, uh, pass interference calls that just ah uh, so frustrating, right? This was the the turnovers that actually cost points were Oklahoma State's turnovers. They had three turnovers that cost them sure. thirteen points. Oklahoma sure. had two turnovers that cost zero points. Now that's because of the way that turnovers are actually. Uh, Cited, I guess they're kept in the stat book, but that Eric Gray fumble on the punt return led directly to the game-winning touchdown. So, sure. so that did count as whatever, but it did not count as a turnover on the stat sheet because it's weird. I don't get how that works. But either way, this game was incredibly fun, and it's the whole reason why they call it Bedlam, right? Go, go ahead. This I know was, you want to jump in. <laughs> this was the best game of the three by. And you know, I don't even think it was close. I loved watching Michigan just manhandle Ohio State. Yeah. Now, but that, but that, like, if if you are an unbiased observer and you don't know history for the last ten years and you're just watching a football game, that game wasn't really fun. Michigan kind of just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, and the Alabama, you know, Auburn the game, defensive struggle. It, like it was, it wasn't it just boring. a defensive struggle. This was just two bad offenses. Yeah, it was like, boring. This, this is two offenses that weren't. These weren't defenses making great plays. These were two offenses that didn't know what the hell they were doing. That's that's not fun to watch. Because um, I'll watch a defensive struggle all day long. This was not that. Um, this game was crazy, wild, mistakes, big plays. Uh, it, yeah, Oklahoma State made all the mistakes because that's what Gundy does. He kind of falls apart coaching-wise in this game every year. He held on to win it. Thank God. We love that. But <laughs> has he ever, like, coached a great game from start to finish in Bedlam? Ever? No. No. And and and, and somebody brought it up. Well, the right, development. Hold on. Hold on. Ten years ago, 10 year, 2011, when they beat Oklahoma, uh, God, 44-10 to 10 or whatever it was. That, that was the year that everybody thought they should have been in the national title game anyway. Um, that's right. But that's they, right. That, that was that the game, one. That game he would probably. Yeah. yeah. 
So that that was so, go ahead. Well, so somebody somebody brought up very few highly rated high school players for this Oklahoma team. Like like they're not loaded with four and five star talent. This is player development. You know what this team reminds me of? This team reminds me of those really good Mississippi State Dan Mullen teams. Yeah. Like they, they had a four star to be found on that roster. Those are some of those rosters, but man, those kids all play well and they are well coached and they are well prepared um that that's what i thought about this oklahoma state team they just keep coming at you they keep pressuring you games kind of got ugly on them early in in a couple of games and they just keep doing what they're doing they don't panic and eventually the other team finds a way to break they make a mistake they capital uh, oklahoma state capitalizes and they they go on to, to win the game. They haven't beaten the hell out of a lot of teams. They just keep putting pressure. They just keep coming at you. And and they normally don't make mistakes. In this game, they did. But they, they just kind of found ways to overcome them. I I found it I found it very um, enjoyable to watch. Not just seeing Oklahoma lose, because I, I do like that. But but that's not that has nothing to do with it. This was a fun game. I mean, Oklahoma made some plays. I mean, yes. Williams is a stud, and he's he's that, absolutely that going to be unbelievable was, to watch. <laughs> that last drive where they have done – Oklahoma State has done everything right. And yes. And they're playing man-to-man defense. Nothing and, you do. And they, they came after the quarterback, but they opened up a hole on the right side of the field where he, just, he ran 54, 56, oh. whatever the hell it was. <laughs> just – Drove me insane because, of course, I'm like, that's that that busts the cover for you. (laughs) No, but that guy, (laughs) he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. If Lincoln Riley can stay there and hold on, you know, and develop um, him, like he's only playing half a year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you have to do. I don't, I don't know what's going on in Oklahoma system to where they just can't stop anybody. But we thought this year, you told me every. Pundit in the world told me this year's going to be different. Oklahoma's defense is going to be legit. And man, I they're just not. said, I, I'll believe it when I see it, but I don't see why they're going to be better this year. And, and he named off, oh, they, 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 know, they know the system and the DC has got things rolling and they got all these high talented transfers coming in because that's what Lincoln does. And, and I just was like, okay, let's see it. And week one, we're, you know, we we're all looking around saying, well, so much for that great defense when two lanes dropping a 40 burger on you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I will tell you this. Alex Grinch at Oklahoma had improved the defense every year since he had been there. So you would think the next logical step would be, okay, well, they'll improve slightly over this past year because they were a top 20 defense last year. So you think, all right, well, now next step probably up to top 15. And if you've got a good offense to go along with the top 15 defense, that's what Alabama was last year. Uh, you know, and I didn't I, expect them to be uh, what LSU was in 2019 or what Alabama was in 2020, but you would think <laughs> Gary Lewis, dirty secret, Grinch is a media darling. Yeah, he is because of what he was able yeah. to do at, uh, at Washington State, right, with Mike Leach. Mike Leach had never had a good defense, ever, and he never had good players on defense. And what Alex Grinch was able to do at Washington State, you would think, okay, you give him better players at Oklahoma, and, and up until this season, he had improved every year. And so – this is this is what I think about that. Okay, the the issue is is this is why analytics don't work, and this is why stats lie. Well, maybe not analytics don't work. This is why I can't trust them. And this is why stats lie. Look at the offenses from the Big Twelve that Oklahoma played last year. All right, 
Texas's yeah. offense was a complete sham last year. They they fell all apart. There's a reason that 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 Hurtning got fired. He was the offensive guy, and they weren't great. Uh, TCU's offense was complete trash last year. Kansas State's offense was complete trash last year. Kansas was complete trash last year. Uh, 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 Baylor was complete trash from an offensive perspective last year. Every team they played, but Iowa State, was god awful on offense in conference. Yeah. And so their defensive stats look better and better and better True. because they played all these teams that were terrible. And magically this year, all those teams' offenses are a lot better. And they, Kansas, terrible Kansas gives you a scare. <laughs> that, that offense looks like shit, you know, like, like a, like a mediocre Tulane team that won what three games this year gave yeah, you two. the scare yeah. of your life. Week one, two games. Uh, like it's just one of those things where, your stats said they improved, but I don't think they improved. I don't think they were better last year than they were the year before. I don't. I think it they played sense. shittier teams. Yeah. No, it, it definitely makes sense. It definitely they makes sense. They played the same teams, but all those teams were bad on offense some magical way, which is why I don't care about his resume from last year. Like, I don't – this is why I can't look at his resume. It's all I've had LSU fans tell me, or our LSU writers who are pumping the Lincoln Riley thing, is look at his record. Look, you would you would kill for a coach with this record. I I use this analogy all the time. I don't believe there's an American nine year old in the country that could beat me in a fight. Okay, I think I would go ten thousand and zero against every nine year old in the country. I can just beat them all up. That doesn't mean I'm a good fighter. Records don't matter if you don't play people that are good. Like True. I would get my ass kicked by ninety nine point nine percent of the world. Yes, but I'd beat every nine-year-old. I'd beat them all in this country. Maybe not, you know, some other countries. <laughs> They're more different, countries. but they're soft here. I um, beat the hell out of. Them. So, hey, uh, let me jump in here right quick. Uh, Larry Pilgrim jumped in, said he couldn't watch the Iron Bowl due to dish at CBS issues. Uh, I don't know if anybody has told you the secret or not, my friend, but the rabbit ears still work. Just letting you know. That's a, I don't I've, I don't have rabbit ears either. I, this would completely bamboozle me if I had that problem. So. Yeah, that's I've, you didn't I've miss got, anything, Larry. Don't <laughs> you, you didn't miss anything? I promise you, all the good parts were on a highlight reel, and, yeah. and it took about thirty seconds to get through. Okay, yeah, you're you missed right. nothing. You, are you saved yourself right. three and four hours of, of bullshit. <laughs> so back to Bedlam, right quick. The uh, total yardage in this game, Oklahoma had 441 to 354 for Oklahoma State. Uh, rushing yardage, 189 to 140. As far as yardage goes, it was pretty even, but Oklahoma could not finish drives. Um, and they didn't score in the second half. It, the The pace that this game was going early, I thought was bad for Oklahoma State's defense. And then they completely shut them out in the second half. They they gave up nine points in the second half due to Oklahoma getting a safety and uh, a turnover. So, it, you know, it, it is... Weird game. Weird I'm game. glad we got scored in this game. If we had a the defensive bedlam, I was going to be a little bit upset because I've seen this Oklahoma State defense just murder people. Yes. And I was, I was a little bit prepared for that mentally, especially the way the game kind of... I, I, I mean, I guess they both scored on their first three drives within yeah, three drives I mean, it, was, it was a lot of um, points early but the way it ended up going it, it turned just, into a defensive struggle so we yeah we had but, but early. i still felt like we moved the football it, it, we didn't have a lot of three and out punt three and out punt three and out punt that was that's that's kind of been a lot of oklahoma state football this year yes. great defense mediocre offense these boys broke out the checkbook they broke out the playbook and they they kind of said we spending all of this tonight yes 
it was 24-24 at the half. Ended up 37-33. Uh, incredible ball game to watch. Incredible. <laughs> Taylor ball game. Taylor asked about ten year olds. I, I think I've. <laughs> I think I've seen some 10 year olds in my kids. This is like not like the whole country in my kids Taekwondo class that could probably kick my ass. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. 10, 10, you're getting double digits, man. I've seen some 10 year olds with hair on the chest. Let's... Iowa 28, Nebraska 21. Let's jump into that one. Uh, that was on Friday. Nebraska's post game win expectancy in this 97%. How, how, did I, how did Iowa win this game? Iowa won the fourth quarter 19 to nothing. Um, how, how, but how, so this is, I will tell you this. Uh, I wrote down, uh, the first three quarters. I thought Logan Smothers was going to make Scott Frost look foolish for playing Martinez for so long, right? This is yep. what I, what I was curious about going into this game. Once they announced that Adrian Martinez was out for the game, I said, okay, <laughs> either this is a program issue where everybody in the program chokes or this is just an Adrian Martinez. I was excited at the idea of Scott of seeing Frost something playing. different. Yeah, just, you just want to see something different. Like, is it is it always Adrian Martinez that makes the mistake, or is it the program making the mistakes overall? Right, because we always blame it on Martinez, because you can always count on him to give you uh, I, a hey, turnover. I, right, I blame it on Scotty a whole lot. So I'd yeah. I'd like to. I have blamed Martinez a bunch. I have, I have a fair amount of blame for Scotty. Do you think there's any world where after this game, the administration looks around thinking, why in the hell did we give him a vote of confidence for next year? No, Can we take that they, back? Can they, we fire him? They cut his sa- – they, they did basically the same thing that they did with Jim Harbaugh last season, right? So you think we're going to get the same result? No, absolutely You not. think we'll get anything close to it? Mm, no, not cl- – no, not making a Big Ten title I'd game. Fire, I'd that. fire the shit out of him <laughs> right now. Right after that game, it's like they were trying to lose because they thought they'd get a better draft pick. This is like they were like Iowa. winning the game. It was like whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, if we win this game, it actually hurts us. Let's let's look. This is the Philadelphia Eagles last year. This okay? is let's Iowa though. This is, this is what Iowa does, and they do it against Nebraska. This was the joke going into the game. Was okay. How is Nebraska? going to lose a one possession game to Iowa. Like what what mistake, what what crazy thing that we haven't seen are they going to do that we haven't seen yet? Gary, and, this Iowa offense might be the worst Iowa offense I've ever seen and yeah. they were doing it with their backup quarterback. Like this is not even the better quarterback of the worst offense I've seen in Iowa in at least 15 years. Yes. How how is how do you let that guy score on your 14, a uh, 19 points? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Well, so it wasn't the offense that scored for Iowa, really. Um, you know, oh, it, yeah, it's defensive scores, it's defensive possessions. Yeah, it, it was a punt return for a touchdown. It was, yeah. uh, it was interceptions. It was a safety. It, I mean, just crazy, crazy crap well, in this ball all game. Of, then all of that does go on Scotty. Yes, yes, that's that's what I'm saying. It, this was a Scott Frost situation. Like yeah. they choked. In the biggest game of the year, which, I mean, they've got a ton of big games every year, but they choked. But also, they gave up 186 rushing yards, uh, 196 sack adjusted, but Iowa was finally able to get some traction on the ground and was able to push them around once once they got late in that ballgame. And Nebraska did not know what to do with them. You know what I kind of feel about? This is the reason I want Scott Frost fired. Like, I don't actually want some coaches to lose their job. Some guys I think are a piece of crap. I don't know that Scott Frost is a piece of crap. I just don't think he's a good coach. Here's here's the reason I actually want them to make a change. It's not so he can lose his job and these other coaches lose their jobs. It's 
this is a fan base that that sold that mother out like they show up for losing teams that give them nothing all the time now some of this is a little ain't a whole lot else to do in new orleans or in in Nebraska. nebraska like like I see I you read them comments my, talking about the, the low country food and Cajun food and whatnot down there. <laughs> my, my team has a bad season, and we're not selling the upper deck out. You know what I'm saying? And it and it bothers me a little bit. Like, show up. But there are things to do around Baton Rouge. Like, you could drive 20 minutes, 30 minutes into New Orleans, and you're in one of the greatest parties. Like, so why not spend a Saturday night there and watch the game on TV than to go when your team is getting gutted all the time? So, so I – I get, like it's a little bit of an excuse, but it disappoints me, right? Yeah. Like it bothers me that that the fan base is, is a little bit like that. Nebraska's fans, I mean, they, they have a two, three win season and they are packing that mother out. And I just, I just think, you know what? I make fun of this administration. I make fun of this coaching staff. I, I, I don't have a problem making fun of Nebraska. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for their fans and I kind of would like to see them have a, hope of something different because next year it, it ain't gonna be any different carrie it's yeah. just not i don't i don't think so either i don't think it will be either um looking in uh jerry kill is going to be new mexico state's next head coach we've known that uh i'm trying to find some of the some of the latest stuff i was wondering about nebraska south florida quarterback is into the transfer portal uh do you do you think it's just was quarterbacks? He good? kate fortin um, yeah, yeah, it was okay. Like he he got hurt, and then uh, Timmy McLean came in, and Timmy McLean kind of started running the offense a lot better. Um, so you know, I'm I'm looking to see if uh, if anybody has been fired this morning, but I don't. I, see I haven't anything. seen anybody so far. But um, normally this is when we would get uh, firings. Um, yeah. So at UConn making a lot of moves. They have uh, they've hired a bunch of uh, coordinators <laughs> from or coordinators and, and assistant coaches from like G five schools that are actually pretty successful. So. Um, but yes, th- do you think it's a quarterback issue at Nebraska? Like, it, do you nope. think that I think it's just, a Scott Frost issue? I, I think I think it is too. And so we'll see one more year of this, and the buyout, of course, has been dropped. This is Scott Frost betting on himself. Um, Fit, but here's the problem: the buyout doesn't matter because all of the money that they're going to save on Scott Frost, they're about to bring in a new staff. We just talked about that. Yeah. All of those guys are going to have to be bought out if it doesn't work. So, so you're just spending the same amount of money to hope to get something different next year. But I doubt it's going to be different. I doubt so. So, yes, Scott Frost isn't going to get a boatload of that money. But all of the the new OC, the new DC, the new quarterbacks, goes over. Like, all the staff that comes in, you're going to have to pay all their contracts. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And if you're not going to go spend big money on those guys so you can get a cheap firing next year, like, you're just going to be worse than you were this year. Yes. Yes, you're 100% right. 100% right. Uh, Moving on from there, let's dive into the Egg Bowl real quick. It was on – Thursday evening, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the note that I've got written down here, so one, Ole Miss, their postgame win expectancy was 99%, but I wrote down, finish drives. Mississippi State had eight opportunities inside the 40-yard line of Ole Miss and scored 20 total points. Uh, 2.5 points per opportunity. That ain't good. That ain't good. I was texting friends of mine who were state fans and friends of mine who were Ole Miss fans during this game a lot. And um, 
my argument to both of them were this game started off with three consecutive field goals by both teams. And I just thought I'm done. If these two coaches are going to, are going to pack their sack up in, in luggage and ship it off somewhere else and just play this game with no balls. I want no part of the egg bowl. Yeah. No part of the egg bowl at all. I was so disappointed in the first quarter of this football game. It was, I, I it was could strange. not tell you how, how ballless it was for these teams to say they were playing so scared that they were just, We'll just take this take field goals. Well, and we'll I'll tell you this. Goals. These two coaches, these two offenses, <laughs> these two quarterbacks, we're kicking field goals. It's not what people showed up for the egg bowl for. Um Mike Leach had this is how the first half went, by the way. Uh so in the first half, uh the score at halftime was Ole Miss ten, Mississippi State six, and State missed what, two field goals? Yeah. And and had three. They dropped, made the first two. Yeah, made the first two. Uh, but had three dropped passes in the end zone on a drive yeah. that also ended in a missed field goal. You have to be able to get points. You got to be able to get points. So I, I I was on uh, I was on ESPN Chicago on Wednesday, right? And uh, and Jonathan Hood was asking me about this game and whatnot, and he said, "All right, so I'm absolutely taking over 66 in this ball game." And I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like. Have you 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 need to pay attention to what is going on, uh, because DJ Durkin's defense is is the epitome of Ben don't break. And, well, and and just totally different at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. Yes, like this is this is a team that has improved on one side of the ball more more than maybe anybody all year. Started off god awful, had to be in the hundreds of rankings, and now might not just pretty good, but but pretty damn good yes yes they are they are pretty pretty damn good on defense and state is much the same way a really good defense what zach arnett is doing on defense at state has been incredibly impressive but that said you still you had 420 total yards for mississippi state 388 for ole miss and the opportunities were there um larry jumped in lamest egg bowl i've seen him forever I mean, it kind of was, but it was still exciting. Well, it's only right? because of the first half. It's only because of the first half. It, <clears throat> this was so my my text to my buddy Moss, who who's the biggest state fan, and he's the best state fan. He's a great guy. Okay, like he doesn't he doesn't get involved in the bullshit. He wants good things for ever. Anyway, he's a decent dude. He. I told him the worst thing that could have happened was you making the first two field goals. If you miss the first field goal, you don't kick field goals again the rest of the game. You sack up, you go for it, whatever. You you make those first two, that is a terrible three-point shooter. That is a big man stepping behind the arc, everybody letting him shoot wide open and making the first one, and the other team all looking at each other and just smiling, saying, well, Yep, he's, he's not going to be clogging up the paint for the next 45 minutes because <laughs> he's going to be out there thinking he can make all those sons of bitches. Yep. And that's what happened. That's what happened. It was it was interesting, to say the least. Uh, State had multiple opportunities, could not finish. Um, and Ole Miss was able to, I mean, they, they put their stamp on it. Lane Kiffin looked very excited uh, about that game. And, yep. and, and cheers to him for, for being excited. Obviously, they've won two straight Egg Bowls. That's a good thing in this rivalry if you can beat your uh your rival so i'm uh i'm curious what uh what the next step will be for lane kiffin uh, because obviously there's a lot of talk about him going a multitude of other places well i want to i want to talk about that a little bit but but also i want to address this here's the negative you get with light leach and i told this to all of my state fan friends leach is an analytical guy leach is a 
is a thinker and Leach is a planner. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He doesn't really care. He he has a strategy and he has a plan. And sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. And that's the way the math guys live their life, right? You you get that, correct, Gary? Yes, yes. Because of that, rivalry means nothing. Like, he, he can't get his team up for a big game because he sees it as a game. And he doesn't care that the uniform on the other side looks differently and he's supposed to hate them more than than the uniform that he played last week like that's that's what you get when you bring in an analytical guy a a smart guy that doesn't this is the reason he talks at the same he says funny things but he doesn't say them in funny ways He's it's, just it's always almost, monotone. You, you He's al- always here. You almost wish that you had somebody that was in between what Dan Mullen and yep. Mike Leach were, right? Because Dan Mullen put <laughs> yes. way too yes. much on the Egg Bowl and made it a little, right. too, uh, a little too hostile, right? Bing, and- bingo. <laughs> uh, so that's that. So let's talk about the lane stuff. I I, I heard from – so because I'm, I'm a little connected into the LSU stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I know some guys that are in the loop with with uh, and I and I follow some guys and I listen to some guys, and these are guys I trust. Okay, they're rarely wrong about things, and they also don't make bold predictions. These are guys that are not in the predicting business. Okay, they don't break news, they don't do any of that stuff. They just they just hear what they hear and they they know what it is and they say yeah, it. and they relay it out to. Yeah. Oh, Ole Miss. I mean, not Ole Miss. Uh, Florida officially i know everyone just assumes and espn said everyone's saying the same thing over and over and over again billy napier is on florida's list oh oh uh lane kiffin got an official call yesterday from from lane uh you know uh for lane for from florida sorry lane lane got an official call from florida so they inquired we i don't know if diaz is gone or not and a Miami, that's one I'm kind of waiting to drop. We know he's going to get a call there. I know he at least got a call from LSU. Now, I don't know where he is on the hierarchy of Florida or LSU or any other job. But I will tell you the word from Sexton, and this is a quote from somebody who knows Sexton. He sees all – he has all these coaches as as clients, right? He has yeah. the biggest client list of anybody. And he sees them all as commodities. Okay. Now the coach has to be along with this. He can't Sixton just doesn't get to make them do anything, but his, his words were, I need lane to get another job. He's trying to actively get lane another job because he also has Levy as a client and it's Levy's turn to get the next level job. And he believes that if he gets lane hired away, Levy will be the old Miss coach. Now he doesn't know that, but, but these are, these are the talks that are going on and he's looking at this like a commodity thing. He needs lane to go from four years and whatever million he's making to seven or eight years, which is going to be the next level deal. And then Levy goes from OC level to head coaching level. Um, and, and, rising tide floats all boats yes okay yes and my argument of i know this pisses off my old miss friends but what they have to understand is the state of mississippi is always going to kill you because we're now changing the game the state of mississippi has a law in the books that no state employee can have a contract we could you can make however much you want but no state employee can have a contract longer than four years okay because they are state employees it doesn't matter if the boosters pay them they can only have four-year contracts. Well, yes. now, now, uh, Michigan State has just thrown out eight years. 
Uh, Penn State is 10. I believe the Florida hire is going to be between 7 and 10. I know that the LSU hire is going to be between 8 and 10. Um, And that is a game changer. If you're telling a head coach that I – I can lock you up for four years, but my state won't allow me to pay you any more than that, any longer than that. Or you can go to one of these other institutions, one of these many other schools that are just as good, probably better right now, and and get a double that deal or longer than that. It ain't about dollars and cents anymore. It's about long-term security financially. That's going to always put Ole Miss at the back burner um, state's kind of lucky in the damned if you do with leads, but ain't nobody coming to offer leads eight million, eight years no, no. Uh, deals. And and so they're not going to have to worry about that. But but Lane, I, I think those calls are getting made. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I know totally those agree. calls are getting made. Yeah. I just don't know if those schools are all going to choose someone else. Mississippi State was able to kind of work around that uh, that four year contract with Dan Mullen. You remember this? Uh, every time he won, what, it was it yeah. five games, uh, his yeah. contract automatically renewed. So it was but like a never ending contract. And Ole Miss but, can and Ole Miss can do the same thing. Yeah, no, no, no. But that doesn't that doesn't matter if if you get an eight year deal, and then in three years you lost your quarterback, you have two you losing seasons, and you want to get fired. You're about to get paid for eight years worth of money if you get the four-year deal every year so let's say you have a year where you don't get to the well, five there's, there's no chance for like what a&m has done with um uh with jimbo right which is yeah. a 10-year fully guaranteed 94 million dollar deal that's and right. same thing doesn't with exist Tucker. 10 years 95 million fully guaranteed you can have all the escalators but even getting that fifth year so let's say you win five games two years in a row all right yeah. we want to fire you Okay, we're still only buying you out for 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 four more years. This year plus the three plus the one that you earned in your getting five wins. Yeah, like we're still we're still only buying you out for five years instead of eight and ten or seven or whatever. But those are the new numbers. Yes. and it ain't because Ole Miss will have the same TV money that everybody else in the SEC is going to have, which is more than everybody else in the country. And they got rich guys around there that can come up with big dollar figures. You know, they can get to $8 million a year, $9 million a year, $12 million a year, whatever they want. But at, at some point in time, $8 million a year times four years as opposed to $8 million a year times 10 yeah. years or eight years. Yeah. It's completely yeah, it, different. It's a completely different yeah. game. They're behind the eight ball, and there ain't nothing they can do about it. Now, you uh, you were not wrong about that. Let's uh, let's talk about your boys real quick. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, LSU 27, Texas A&M 24. A&M's postgame win expectancy was 58%. So I, what I want to know, um, well, first off, Orgeron did say after the ball game he is not going to coach in the bowl game, so that was his final well, that game. Was, that the, was agreed upon way before yeah, I think then. It, I think that, that, was, was way. that was part of the terms of the agreement. They knew they would have a new head coach involved if they made it to a bowl game. He was not going to be in the office while the new head coach was going to be in the office. This was all part of the plan. Yes, that's um, nothing new. That didn't just happen. The day they negotiated the buyout, this was how the buyout was going to work. All right, so I, I had this game on a separate screen. Uh, obviously, it was going on during Bedlam and all that. Uh, and I was watching, and I did not hear what they what their reasoning was for this. The, the play that everybody's talking about is the punt return strip at the end of the game that, that led to the drive that actually won the, uh, the ball game. Yep. What, what happened there? Because I, I I saw it, and and the more that you see the replays and whatnot, it looked like a clean strip. Like there was yeah. 
and and there was a penalty on the play, but I didn't think that the penalty would negate a turnover. So I'm what, well, what yeah, happened? No, no, in this? no, no. The penalty did negate the turnover. That's but that's what happened. I think the penalty negated the turnover. Okay, so that that's all it was. It was because I it was just it was just yeah. I mean, the, I couldn't get the to my strip, remote to turn it, it up. It it doesn't matter what happened in the play if you've got if you've got the penalty. Yeah. That's a, that would make sense. That would make sense. A everything everything that happens after the penalty is moot. Makes sense. Makes sense. So so, so it did lead to uh, a long drive for LSU. They were down twenty four to twenty at this point. Yes, and uh, and in it just incredibly impressive drive because LSU had really been able to do nothing on offense. Uh, you talked early in this game about LSU finally figured out that you can use the R in RPO. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, Gary. Oh my God. So one of the reasons, not just one of, I think the sole reason Max Johnson was the starting quarterback for LSU this year. He won the job was because of his mobility, his ability to run the football. And they were going to build an offense around RPOs using Max and our running backs because we knew we didn't have a great offensive line. So we had to kind of trick it uh, you know, gimmick the 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 run game, okay? Yeah. And if you saw LSU early in the season, you know they they literally had single digit rushing yards. Like it was just bad. All right, could not run the football in this game. And all all season they ran all these RPOs. I'm telling you, I've watched every snap of this bad football team all year. Not one time did they run the football from the RPO. So after about game five. Every defense in the country knows just play that like it's a uh, play action. Don't give up on the pass. Only cover the pass. If it looks like it's an RPO, play it as a standard pass game until they run the football on us. And all year, teams have shut it down like they knew the play. The, it, the whole purpose of doing RPO is to give the run pass option. But when they know you're going to pass the ball, it's no longer it's you've no longer lost the trick. gimmick yeah. you've lost the trick <laughs> this game the first drive the very first time all year all year they ran the football on the rpo they ran it like three times in the first two drives and i thought holy shit <laughs> maybe they knew this was going to be a bad year maybe they knew it yeah. was going to be a bad season and they just sandbagged it the whole season just yes. to just to win the pacemaker game, just to beat uh, Jimbo, just to beat oh this A and M team. <laughs> I had a feeling that they were going to come out fired up, and they did. Uh, they were leading they seventeen did. to seven at the half. Uh, but yeah. obviously, you knew that the the pregame speech from Coach O was going to be bananas, and it was going to be yep. everybody was going to be fired up because as as wrong as things have gone the last two seasons, they still love the man. That those kids yep. still fight for him. You have seen it. Every over player and over. worships him. Yes. Every player worships. Even kids that have transferred out talk about their love for oh, o. Coach o. They just they just went other places to 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 play and do other things. Well, because they they probably felt like they could be better developed elsewhere, right? Because when you are rotating yes. assistant coaches the way that they have been, it's it's hard to be able to be developed. Like it, it's tough because when you got new schemes coming in all the time, you don't know how you're going to fit, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So it's. It, it, it was a little tough, but in this ball game, LSU 412 total yards, 296 for A&M. A&M got things rolling in the second half, and, and they had a lead, 
and the last drive uh, was was perfect. Just absolutely perfect for LSU. It was nine plays, 85 yards in a minute 38, and they scored with 20 seconds left to win the ball game. Perfect pass into the end zone uh, from Max Johnson, who who has not made a ton of great throws lately, but had a bunch of them in this right. game, it looked like. Um, this was... I was very excited for you. Uh, because not, not because you're getting to go to a bowl game or anything like that, but I think it's better for Coach O to go out a winner. Yes. And and yes. it just makes he everything will, so much easier, right? This is this is how I wanted this thing to end because I need it to make sure that he's always welcome back and he always feels welcome back. And he said and I watched every second of his press conference last night afterwards. I watched he was so excited in the, 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 the I, I watched, yeah. He he this is a man that understood what happened. And and he this is a guy that understands says he's got a lot of flaws. But he understands personal accountability and priority. The day that he was going to get fired and he walked into Woodward's office, he told him, he says this in the press conference, I knew it was coming because I know the standards at LSU and I know what I've done. Like, like this is me screwing up. And then knowing, will you let me finish this season because I love this place? And it, it meant so much. It really did mean a lot. To, to see him go out like that, the smile on his face, to know it wasn't a sad thing. It was just, an, it, you know, one of I, people who followed the show for a long time, because I hadn't broke these references out in a while, know that I, I love, I love Harry Potter. Love Harry Potter. One of, <laughs> one of the greatest lines of Harry Potter is Dumbledore talking about at the end, um, you know, he, him and Harry, Harry being upset that it's over, that it's ending. And, and he talks about how important the ending is to a story and how it, it has to end. The ending is a part of the story, and you can't have a great story if you don't have a good ending. I'll, I'll transition that to a different story. On the plane, I watched No Country for Old Men for the first time in my life. Thought, this is a great movie. I'm supposed to have seen this movie. I hadn't seen it yet. It's one of the shittiest endings of all time, like because it had no ending at all. Why did people love this movie? It was a great movie until the end, and it was just weird and stupid and a terrible ending. Because it was no ending. Um, the ending is a part of the story. And it was a great ending for a great ride. O's issue, he had, he's always been the underdog. He's never been the, the star, the guy ever in his life. We had 2019. And after 2019, he became the greatest rock star in the history of the city of New Orleans, the state of New Orleans. Ever. Ever. And he really enjoyed for a year and a half of being a rock star. And he went through a divorce, and he started, you know, doing doing the things that rock stars do. Yeah, he had a personal life outside of the football facility, and, and he, it was, and uh, he, it was and he stopped, and he stopped. And I'm not saying he stopped ever caring about football, but it stopped being a priority. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's how he lost. So, the game. and 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 then you lose your job because of that, and that's okay. That's okay. The fact that he didn't go out with piss and vinegar and burn bridges, we will always be able to bring back that 2019. Five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to bring back that 2019. We're going to have Joe and, and, and Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase and Clyde and Ed and all, and all of those, those great players. And yes. All those linemen. Yes, all the – oh, God, that was a great line. Whew, I missed that. Um, <laughs> all those defensive guys, we're going to have them all come back. And they're going to wave to the crowd, and we're going to remember that time. And O has to be a part of that. He, it, it can't happen without him. Agreed. And that's why I needed this ending. 
I didn't think we were going to get the win because I thought a and a real good team. I, I'm with you. They played the game, started out with their buttholes on fire, and they were going to – They were, but at some point in time, adrenaline loses, and um, the better team kind of takes over. That's what happened, and it, it was an unbelievable play, an unbelievable catch by one of the most unforeseen heroes in LSU. This is a kid that – did everything right, worked really hard to get here, wasn't offered by a lot of folks. His mom passed away in the middle of his recruiting, and it, it just just kind of became the fabric of, of the team and, and earned his way into a captain's role. O talked about how special like, you know, it was, and, and it was just it, – it was special that it went to him. It was all kind of magical, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it, there was a fourth down in this that Max Johnson had to complete – um, yep. Fourth and six, I want to say it was. Uh, pass up the middle for 11 yards to uh, Jack Beck. Um, and that kind of started the whole thing. Because once they converted that fourth down, uh, there was a 31-yard pass and then an 11-yard pass um, after that. I mean, it was just it, – it was awesome. It was awesome. So, And then, of course, the 28-yard touchdown pass. That was great. Uh, Zach Calzada afterwards shared an Instagram story that said, uh, all y'all can S my D. <laughs> Talking about all the A&M fans that were trashing him afterwards. Um, A&M, I can understand the frustration. But mm-hmm. Zach Calzada did some pretty good things, and he developed very quickly. Remember, he he was not supposed to be your starting quarterback. He and, was not supposed to be the guy. No, and this was not a loss on him. This nope. was that defense could not stop LSU's offense. That's right. So, it, do, it, you, do you think – do you think uh, – too much head coaching buzz was going around that defensive uh, side of the field. Uh, possibly because there's also talk about Elko leaving and everything else. It, it, that's that's that what stuff, I'm getting at. That stuff does get into the players' heads a little bit, but also I think mean, it that, gets into the coaches' heads too. I mean, it's really hard to yeah focus when you when you've got dollar signs getting thrown at you and job opportunities getting thrown at you. You can't ignore them. Like these are still people, right? Right. Like it. That's a really hard thing to ask someone to do. Yes, it it's it was really it was really strange to see. I will say that uh, we've got a huge number of people watching. You guys go ahead and hit that like button for us if you would. We're gonna kind of steamroll through the rest of these games. There are several that we are wanting to hit on before yeah, we get smoke. out of here. Uh, the next one up on the board here is Minnesota twenty three, Wisconsin nineteen. Minnesota post game win expectancy was ninety three percent. No, ninety seven percent. Excuse me. Um, Neither team could run the football. This was very strange to see. Uh, Minnesota had 75 yards rushing on 37 attempts. That is two yards per. And Wisconsin had 62 yards on 22 attempts for 2.8. The fact that Wisconsin only ran the football 22 times in this game and threw it 38 times tells you everything you need to know about this. Why? I gave out out one public play. One public play, and it was Wisconsin minus six and a half. This is just the fitting into the season. It, it makes perfect sense. Graham Mertz, uh, 21 out of 38, 171 yards, and an interception. Of course. There's zero chance he can be the starting quarterback next year, right? No, he can be the starting quarterback so long as you don't ask him to pass. When, <laughs> <laughs> so there's zero well, chance he can be the starting quarterback, but right? Wisconsin hasn't needed their quarterbacks to really pass. Like it's, it, But when you need them to pass, if you get down by 10, it's ball game. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Wisconsin was up 10 to 6 at the half. There was no reason 
for them to throw the football as much as they did. It, they oh, completely got off their script. Like, it made no sense. Um, Tanner Morgan only threw the ball 16 times. He was 11 out of 16 for 199 yards. That's 12.4 per pass. Um, Tanner Morgan was fine. No, Tanner but, was fine. This, but that's this because was, he listen, only threw P.J. Fleck took... P.J. Fleck took that that coaching staff on the other side in that ridiculous-looking sweater, and they put him in a locker <laughs> and just bullied the hell out of him. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. I will I will say this. Parker that was on the show last week, uh, he he kind of called the Minnesota thing. He said, you wow. the, all, the, all the advanced numbers, all that crap, which it, it doesn't always work out, right? But in no, this one, right. he said – you know, I look at I look at these numbers and I look at what they can make Wisconsin do and they can make them uncomfortable. And if they do that, Minnesota can win this ball game easily. And he he said, I'm going to take Minnesota plus the seven. You know, because when yeah. we when we recorded, the line was seven at that point. And he said, it, it, everything shows that Minnesota is actually the better football team. And of course, I'm looking at it going, eh, the Nebraska I just thought thing this was, was going to like. I just thought this was going to be a trench game. I just yeah. thought in the trenches. Wisconsin should physically be able to manhandle them. They would be too strong and they would be too big to to move, to throw on, to to run on. Um, I was just wrong. I was just wrong. Minnesota did anything they needed to do in the second half, and uh, they 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 made adjustments. The first half, Wisconsin did what exactly what I thought they would do, which is slow this game to a hog and not let Wisconsin do anything. And then in the second half, it's just like. You're right. They threw the ball too much, which means their defense, they got off the field quickly. Their defense was on the field too long, and Minnesota just kept putting pressure on them and broke through and scored and scored and scored. Yes. It was it was insane to see. Insane to see. But cheers to P.J. Fleck. I mean, he got a massive I'm, contract I'm, extension. But I said this in the middle of the season. I'm going to continue. I, I don't think Paul Chris is a good coach. I It's starting to look that way. I don't uh, think that, and, and, and it didn't take this game for me to call that. This yeah. this was, you know, four or five weeks back we had this conversation where yeah. I, I just thought he was getting out coached because I think they have the talent to beat a lot of the teams that they're getting beat by. No, but there's a reason why they were the favorite to win the Big Ten West. And yes, yep, here they go. And they just don't look good. Had to a win lot. this one, and uh, instead they lose it, and Iowa is going to the Big Ten West title game. Uh, let's move on from this one. Boise State and San Diego State. SDSU wins 27-16. to 16. Uh, 92% postgame win expectancy for San Diego State. They, after the first half, they put Boise State in a the locker. They, exactly yep. what you talk about all the time. Uh, they were up 16-13 to 13 at the half. Boise State was, and... Got outscored 14 to nothing in the third quarter. There was no scoring in the fourth. Uh, you look at the overall stats here. San Diego State had 408 total yards. That is That's insane. amazing, by the way, because this offense is not good. No. No, they are not. Um, <laughs> this it, what, what happened with Boise, 35 rushes for 91 yards. You knew you weren't going to be able to run the football. No, not on this team. Hank Bachmeyer, 21 out of 40 passing, 222 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. And then Jack Sears came in, was one out of two for six yards and threw an interception. That is three interceptions. You cannot turn the football over against San Diego State. It will no. cost you. And Brady Hoke, by the way, looks 15 years younger. Looks oh, incredible well, yeah, right It's now. amazing what winning does, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. So here's, I'll go, we'll go quickly on this. Um, me and you talk about this San Diego State team all the time because they're relevant. And they're the most relevant team in the Mountain West. Hey, Kirk Maddox, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. Parker called him out on the show last week. Awesome. 
awesome job with the defense this year. It, it's it's still kind of the same Rocky Long ish uh, that that Zach Arnett runs and whatnot yeah. at Mississippi State, but a uh, few different flares there here and there. And and what he's been able to do with that defense the last couple of years has been highly impressive. He's actually getting looks for other gigs. So yeah, go ahead. no, uh, uh, so. We always worry about, and you bring this up, which is a valid concern. How are they going to get points? Because we know their defense is great, but are they ever going to score enough to beat good teams, even to beat decent teams? And and I tell you all the time, I don't know how they score, but I just trust them to find a way to get more points than the other team. And and this Boise game, it kind of all kind of came to an epiphany, which was their defense just wears the other offense out so much that it doesn't matter. And when a bad offense is going up against the defense that's on the field all the time, we, we talked about it a little bit in the Wisconsin-Minnesota game, it was it was Boise's defense is so much better than than uh, San Diego State's offense. But it, when they're on the field constantly and you just keep getting shots and keep getting shots and keep getting shots, defensive players, because of the way the game is being played in the trenches, wear out much faster than the offensive players do. Yes. And 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 when they're on the field so long, at some point in time, the dam breaks and there's nothing we can do. Yes. Uh, San Diego State time of possession in this game, 34 minutes, 17 seconds. Uh, Boise was 25 minutes and 43. Uh, we, I want to see got... the split for second half. <laughs> oh, I, I don't have the splits in front of me. But um, I don't know that. But, but it, you know yes. I think, I think, it, that, it, was I think it gets significantly different in the second half. Yes. Oh, 100%. Ahead. Uh, we Let's have got on. some uh, some arguing going on <laughs> in uh, in in the in the chat here. Um, Ball Pot on Love jumped in and said, "I'm glad Boise did bad this year." Um, and Double O'Neill said, "Watch out, them's fighting words." And Ball, of course, jumps in and said, "I'm a Nevada Wolfpack fan. We beat you." Double said, "Yes, you did enjoy your win. The next one will come in the next ten years." Like I love this. The fact that we have a show where we have a Nevada fan and a Boise fan jumping in that is phenomenal that's what makes college football so awesome right it's it's not just lsu and alabama and ohio state and whatever it is nevada fans and and boise state fans i this is but this is why we have to get we have to get rid of the the phrasing power five g5 because nobody nobody with a right thinking brain can say that the mountain west is worse than the acc this year it's worse than the big 12 and it's worse than the pac 12 no one no one with a right thinking brain can say that I and I don't know that they're better than the 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 American. Larry Pilgrim said, "Wish my Utes would have started Cam against SDSU. Came in and with a quarter and a half got Utah to triple overtime. Uh, receiver dropped two point conversion. SDSU is a good team. Super seniors. Yeah, I don't think that San Diego State Super will be seniors. as good next year. But nope. again, the, it'll be three years in the same system. Uh, they got guys that are coming behind them that have been developed." Sometimes you can just do that. Like I will sometimes, but man, I still, I still, I do think they're going to lose a lot. I think they're going to lose a lot. There's a reason that Fresno was unbelievable and then they fell. And then like, like other than Boise, the mountain West has been kind of a churn, right? Like a new, a new face the last couple of years and and three years running. I, I think it's hard to stay at the top of that conference. Yes. No, you're, you're not wrong about that. Uh, Friday night, NC state 34, North Carolina 30, in between all of the scoring, North Carolina won 30-6, to six, except that NC State scored two touchdowns early and then two touchdowns late. Um, and this is a perfect college football. I mean, it was just... 
it made no sense, right? It was it was just stupid. Um, three hundred sixty total yards for NC State. Like this offense is, they should be so much better. They have got yep. good pieces, and Tim Beck has been able to to draw some explosive plays out of them. What Devin Leary's doing on offense uh, is impressive. He was nineteen out of thirty, two hundred forty seven yards and four touchdowns. Uh, the running back position, Ricky Person is is better than he has played. Like he just is, but the the scheme that they are running makes no sense. Some sometimes I watch this team play offense, and I'm like, "What are they doing?" And I like Tim Beck, and I I liked what they were doing last season. In this season, they did not expound on it at all. Like it was really really weird. Uh, perfect ending, I think, for North Carolina for this season. Um, Sam Howell, 14 out of 26, 147 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, had 18 rushes for 98 yards. It, it This is exactly what you would expect from North Carolina, to to lose a nine-point lead with two minutes left in the ballgame, give up an onside kick, and then give up the game-winning touchdown with 20-whatever seconds left. Uh, this is perfect rivalry game. That the, the way that you would hope that all of these rivalry games would go is incredible crap that you would have never expected. Uh, the fact that North Carolina had 297 rushing yards in this game was incredible. Uh, it was 7.2 a clip in this. British Brooks, who I don't think has played a whole lot this year. Like, Ty Chandler has kind of been the guy. Ty Chandler had six attempts for 59 yards. British Brooks came in and had 15 attempts for 124 yards here. Sam Howell, again, 18 for 98 rushing. Uh NC State could not stop them on the ground. And NC State has had, a, like, an incredible defense this year. But they could do nothing against North Carolina. They got those two fourth, or the, excuse me, the two first quarter touchdowns, and then the two fourth quarter touchdowns. Turns out that's all you need. It was pretty good. Did you, uh, were you able to watch this ball game? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I was able to see this. Um, I, outside of Spencer Rattler, has anybody cost himself more money this year than Sam Howe? No, no, I don't think so. And here's the reason why. Hang on. Look, don't, this is why you can't just look at numbers because there's going to be a bunch of NFL talking heads that are going to go out there and they're going to show stats and they're going to see a shitload of touchdowns, a shitload of yards, not a lot of stuff. Like they're going to look at numbers and they're going to say, great. And I talked about on our group text while this game was going on. If he leads this drive to win the game, it will be the first meaningful drive he's led all year. Yeah. Yeah. Like all those big numbers came in blowout wins where they scored gazillions of points. But when they play a decent team, he has been shut down. He has been pushed around and he has not performed well at all. And they didn't play a lot of decent teams this year and they still ended up six and six. And that's pathetic. And that's not all on Sam, by the way. It's not a complete crush on him. A lot of it's the offensive line because he. But you're talking about a guy that was supposed to be number one or number two coming out of this draft of quarterbacks this year. And, and now he, and he always I, can I don't think come it's back. close. He can come back next season because he's only I know junior, I think he, but... I think he should because there's no way on earth he's going to get go go get uh, unless they just use numbers and they say oh well look how great his numbers are and whatever but I, I think uh, he I, I think he to, costs himself a lot. He needs to sit down and have a conversation with Mac Brown and and Phil Longo and figure out all right are you guys going to go into the transfer portal and get me some offensive linemen. Yeah. Well, but then, but hang on now. You can't just fix an offensive line by just going and getting dudes and plugging them in. That's not how old line works. Oh, man. I know. I know. 
Like offensive line is not one of those things you can just flip a switch and fix. No, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, Bill L. jumped in, by the way. I was at that Boise game. Uh, time of possession was very lopsided in the first half. Uh, Boise actually closed the gap in the second half. I could, I could buy that. I could buy that. I, I okay. was able to watch some of this. It, it, second half got – once it got to 27-16, to 16, well, I, was, I, was ball I turned it game. off. It, like, <laughs> if San Diego scores, scores mid-20s, you, you ain't beating them because yeah. they're not giving up 30 points. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong about that. Uh, Michigan State and Penn State. This was a – Really fun game, game to watch because of the snow. Obviously, Penn State's uniforms uh, on a field that is completely covered in white powder was awesome. Um, Michigan State's postgame win expectancy was 78% here. Uh, you look at some of the numbers, it, it, it'll it make you go crazy uh, looking at some of it. I, I would not have expected 451 yards of total offense for Michigan State against that Penn State defense. And the majority of it, well, not the majority. Let me take that back. 183 yards rushing in this game for Michigan State, uh, people have not been able to do that on Penn State. Like, it's, you you wouldn't expect it, really. Uh, Penn State did have two turnovers. Michigan State had one. Uh, this was just strange. And, of course, Penn State could not run the football, only had 61 yards rushing on 26 attempts. That's 2.3 per. Uh, Michigan State only 3.9 per rush. But Kenneth Walker, 30 carries, 138 yards, got, uh, got back into um, the way that it was supposed to go. So, right. uh, really straight. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts. No, this is exactly what Michigan State's done all year outside of against um, uh, Ohio State. They they run the ball. They stop the run. And there's nothing you can do about it. They, they win these games from the trenches. If you can't throw on them because their biggest weaknesses are secondary and Penn State can't throw on anybody, then they're going to beat you up physically. Yes. And you're going to have a hard time to win that game. I I. I thought Michigan State was a better team going in here because the one thing they do bad, Penn State can't pick apart. Yes. Uh, very quickly, these next two will take uh, about two minutes to, to hit on these. Uh, North Texas ended up crushing the dreams of UTSA 45-23. to 23. The postgame win expectancy here was actually 98% for North Texas. This is uh, two teams that were headed in completely opposite directions. North Texas scored all 45 of their points in the first three quarters. They were up 31-13 to 13 at the half, came out, scored two third-quarter touchdowns, and were up 45-13. to 13. This was a beating in the worst kind of way. You hate to see it for UTSA, but uh, their consolation prize is they get to go to the Conference USA title game. Uh, overall stats, I mean, there's not a whole lot to, to look at here. This was just a bludgeoning. Um, 340 rushing yards for North Texas. Once they figured out that, hey, we're actually better when we when we run the ball, they've been really good. And what Seth Luttrell has done there has yeah, been run the football. Yes, keep keep the other team keep the other team off the field. Run the football. Yes, it's very easy to do once you once you figure it out. You know they it, this has been a super <laughs> yeah. pass happy offense, and I mean they close out the season with five straight wins. Uh, they're going to a bowl game. Like they looked awful to start the season, and now headed to a bowl game. UTSA of course gets to go play against Western Kentucky. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but it, UTSA for the last three weeks has not looked very good. Every good team hits this stretch at some point where they just do not perform to the level that they had been, and yeah. it just so happens UTSA's fell at the end of the year. So that's the way it goes. Well, I, I thought UAB was going to get them last week, so. Yeah, and and they they were lucky to get out of that one. Lucky. To I was get just out about to say, they, 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 they gave them all the hell they wanted. I think, I think home field happened because – 
because this was at North Texas. Yeah. I think if that UAB game was in Birmingham, I think we get a different outcome. Yes. Probably the same could be said if, if UTSA gets to play um, North Texas at home. Uh, I think they show up a little different. Home home field has mattered a lot this year, I think. It certainly has. Uh, Kent State 48 and Miami of Ohio 47 in overtime. This was for uh, what the a, MAC uh, what a barn division. Burner. Oh, it was awesome. It did, was did you awesome. believe that we would get a 40 to 40 game in the MAC championship game? Uh, I could have seen it, especially with Kent that's State. not Max. That's that's not the Max we're used to, though, right? Uh, no, not not lately, especially not on a Saturday uh, when it's like cold outside and all that. Um, yeah, this was 642 yards of offense from Kent State, 549 from Miami of Ohio. Which, if you had told me that uh, that the little Gabbert, Blaine's little brother, um, would pass 26 out of 51 for 405 yards, four touchdowns, two picks, uh. That, that sounds like Dustin Crum numbers, and Dustin Crum was 24 out of 33, 325, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, it was – this was fun. It, the postgame win expectancy, by the way, in an overtime game that Kent State won on a two-point conversion was 99% for Kent State. Like, <laughs> the, the, the numbers the numbers mess with I don't me. know how that works. It, it Because Kent State ran uh, 303 yards on 51 carries. Um, it wasn't all passing. But it's, it's because – 26 out of 51 passing for Miami of Ohio and 25 out of 34. Like, Kent State was just the significantly more efficient team. A lot of Miami's plays were uh, explosive plays, right? They they weren't able to sustain the drives. I think once, yeah, once you get into overtime, yeah, if especially once you get into the two-point overtime situation, the, the team that's averaging four yards a play as opposed to the team that's big play or no play uh, is going to win, right? Yes. Are you just assume they're going to win? Oh, 100%. 100%. And finally, last one that we'll hit on, Washington State. Cheers to Jake Dickert, who is the new Washington State head coach, and what right. he did this season after Nick Rolovich was let go was nothing short of incredible. What they did to Washington in Seattle – I don't even want to talk about numbers here. The postgame win expectancy was 99%. They dominated. Uh, a lot of it was due to uh, turnovers, right? Uh, four turnovers from Washington led directly to 19 points for Washington State, and that was ballgame. That was all she wrote. Uh, they did start Sam Heward in this ballgame, a talented freshman, five-star freshman, uh, threw for 190 yards. On, he was 17 out of 31, 190, one touchdown, and four picks. That's freshman quarterback in a big-time rivalry spot. That's, That's rough. Right. That's very, very rough. Right. Um, but the offense for Washington State took advantage of them and was able to score. And this what they did at the end of this game, I've never seen a rival team. <gasps> an, an opposing team. Hey, how do you find – how, how does a fine work on that? I, I have no idea. <laughs> does Washington get fined for, for the storm in the field? State because that's – that's fantastic, by the way. It was awesome. That's, that's, ex- that's exactly what should happen, is it, Washington gets the fine for allowing them to storm the field. Them planting the flag in the middle of the field in Seattle, <laughs> surrounded by Washington State fans, was the most incredible thing I have ever seen. It was that, unbelievable. That is, that, is abs- <laughs> that is absolutely Washington's season in a nutshell, by the way. Yes. Your, your rival team that you have beaten for years and years and years straight uh, – stamping a, a flag into the ground on your home field. Just there, there aren't many teams that had hype going into this season that put up a bigger shit show than Washington. Now you are. And it start, right. Hang on. It started with a, with a loss to an FCS school, 
Montana. At home. And it finishes at home in that same stadium yes. with your rival beating the hell out of you, by the way. Yes. And then rushing the field, planting a flag on your field. Like, like that is that is 100% the, the perfect bookend for the shit show that was Washington Husky football yes, in 2021. And, and on that note, cheers again to Washington State for taking advantage yeah. and having a hell of a season. Hell of a season. Unbelievable. Uh, they were one Oregon State loss or win over Oregon away from representing uh, the Pac-12 North. Uh, just That's right. Unbelievable. And, and had a shot at going to the Rose Bowl. Now, and now they'll go yeah. to a pretty fun bowl, uh, but they've got their coach for the future for now. And, right. and they're fun. Oh, my God, they're fun. So, all right, I've got to get out of here. My son is back yeah. from my grandparents or from his grandparents. Yep. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, BetUS, go and sign up over there. Of course, BetUS.com. It's where the game begins. Go to winningcureseverything.com. And we are going to get out of here. You guys go and watch NFL games, all that good stuff. We still got championship week to go. And uh, and with that said, Chris, anything you want to you wanna jump in with? Nope, that's it. Let's go. That's it. All right, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.